You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JFC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. Tonight I'm speaking to Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. And Viv, look at the, 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 the one thing that really stands out on my screen is the Rand. It wasn't more than about a week ago that it was 1985. It's now 1885 against the US dollar. This is a massive move, not in the quality of the Turkish lira, of course, but really, really important stuff. I mean, it was oversold. Now is it starting to become overbought, do you think? What's happening there? Well, I mean, remember, we need a bit of perspective on this here. Before that uh, announcement by the uh, American ambassador that we were selling arms to the Russians, we were at 1840, 1830. That was kind of our range. Yes. Uh, and then went to like 19, in today, 1991, I believe, was the high today. So I do think that, you know, if we take away that particular thing, there was a uh, article this weekend in the Times where Fakile Mullah apparently was quoted as saying, or like might have said that, uh, you know, the ANC might be re-looking at what's happening with regards to uh, Putin or Russia. Uh, and then uh, also we had uh, some reasonably good, uh, you know, current account numbers as well coming out. I think it's the best numbers we've had since 2020, uh, 2011, I believe. Uh, and I think also we look at, um, you know, we discussed as well load shedding also looking a bit better at the moment. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that uh, right now we have no load shedding in the day, only in the evenings, and it's level three. It used to be for the last few months, it was four in the day and six in the afternoon, in the evening. So combine all those things together, and I think that, you know, the run may be in for a slightly I wouldn't quite call it a purple patch, but a, a slightly like calmer period. So what's the story behind load shedding? What suddenly changed in the last few days? You've gone from, you know, six to eight to 12 hours a day during the day and at all times of the day, in fact, and now just at night time when it's obviously still a little bit intrusive, but uh, less impactful. What's happened? Apparently, and this is a pattern that uh, we should have uh, noticed, right, is that uh, at this time of the year, okay, um, ESCOM, for some reason, historically, has a bit of a peak in terms of its uh, ability to produce versus the capacity of production. So we are now producing closer to our capacity than we have been since last year, August. So from August to like now, the percentage that ESCOM is producing at one point in time below 50% of capacity due to maintenance and you know other technical issues. But it turns out that in wintertime, it just becomes a little bit more, uh, I think, easier to produce or, or whatever reason. I'm not exactly sure. But I do know that there is a... a a, a definite trend that you can see going back multiple years. Uh, unfortunately, every year that peak is slightly lower, you know. Uh, so this year's peak is lower than last year's peak will be lower than last year's peak. Before it's peak. Yeah. But there is a peak, and that's really just helping us out at the moment. Okay, well, long may it continue. Anyway, the round, um, as we speak, 1886. I'll come to the numbers in a moment. A couple of stories on the uh, Stock Exchange News Service today, Viv. I don't know if you've had, to, if you've had time to look at individual stocks, yeah. but uh, Bidvest came yeah. out with a trading update. Um, South African stock, of course, up one and a quarter percent. MC Group, I looked at the price there. I haven't looked at the price for ages. Uh, down 5% after its own trading update. And it's 94 rand a share from what I can see. Now, Canal Plus must be saying, I mean, they're obviously not a trading organization, uh, but Canal Plus has been, has been a major buyer of the stock and a significant minority shareholder. Must be thinking to themselves, well, we were loading up at 110, 115, 120, etc. They can't be very happy with this. It's horrible performance they've had. Yeah, look, I mean, it is a, a um, 
I, quite frankly, I'm a, I'm a bit uh, nervous about anything to do with entertainment. You know, uh, right now it, it's such a, a red uh, or third rail kind of thing. Look at Disney and and the difficulty it's having. And Disney is like, you know, tries to be as mainstream. You don't exactly think of Disney as being the most controversial thing out there, but it's hit a lot of like, you know, uh, of 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 really third rail kind of uh, topics in the last little while. You've had the same thing happening with uh, Netflix. Uh, you also have the emergence of things like AI and you know, it, it's just a very different kind of uh, thing out there. Quite frankly, the, the, my favorite streaming service, and I think the one I think is the best and yes. most likely to succeed going forward, is YouTube. Uh, do you know YouTube, basically, uh, advertising does more revenue than Netflix? Not the paid YouTube, the YouTube advertising part does more revenue than Netflix. That's how powerful YouTube is. That's extraordinary. And, and, and YouTube, yeah, and YouTube basically, uh, the model is we don't pay up front. We pay you when you make, make us money. You know what I mean? When Netflix has to go out and get Stranger Things or all those different kind of like, you know, programs out there or like, you know, Amazon Prime goes and does the Lord of the Rings or whatnot. Uh, YouTube basically sits back and lets, uh, you know, its people go. Uh, look, it is facing a bit of competition. You saw what happened uh, this week or last week where they've come out and let you basically discuss like the more controversial topics that used to get you kicked off before. I mean, they are facing things from Rumble and so on. But right now, I mean, I think YouTube's biggest advantage, and I've looked into this actually, is the, the access to Google's advertising. Now, Google has that, ad, that ad advertising kind of uh, like uh, uh, like part of it. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, basically, by being part of Google, is like the only one of these big, like, you know, uh, streaming services that has access to that massive advertising arm. So if you want to place adverts on YouTube, you know, it's, it's you go to the same Google kind of like, you know, thing, that process they have that makes them the, 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 the go-to place for online advertising, both, you know, in terms of search and now, of course, in terms of video as well. So, yeah, I, 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 I prefer that. Anything to do with scripted, anything to do with, uh, you know, that's not sport-related, which I think Multitrust is more sport-related than anything else, I'm very nervous about. I think that uh, the current environment with the fragmentation and the stuff happening out there and the competition coming through, very difficult to be a streaming service, I think, in this environment or any kind of entertainment, uh, you know, thing. I use, I use YouTube every single day, and, and at night sometimes I put my 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 smart speaker on and sometimes listen to music to help me go to sleep. Okay, and then I get irritated when there's commercials coming on, advertisements coming on. Can I get to a, a YouTube service where it eliminates the ads, but I actually pay for the YouTube service? Is is has it gone subscription based as well? I'm sorry, I'm not as clever as you about this sort of matter. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is subscription based at the moment. You can. I, I'm surprised you haven't been inundated with adverts about that because I, I was, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and quite frankly, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a like, you know, uh, a nerd. So I like, like, like oh, I mean, yes, access you are. to all these things. Mm. That. So I, I, I have Apple TV. I have Amazon. I have Netflix. I even have Crunchyroll, and I spend maybe 80 percent of my time on YouTube, and I'm 20 percent the rest of them. Uh, so I have. All these things, and you know, quite frankly, there's one or two movies that you'd watch on on one of these things. You know, uh, like Apple TV has a couple of interesting things, but not, you know, whatever. But on YouTube, you you end up watching like your particular interest, uh, you know, on on particular things like a gardening show or the particular kind of gardening that you get you know, down the road on. It, 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 it gets really like you know specific to what you want. The production value is never going to be up to that level, but of the other guys, but it's it's so specifically designed to what you like that you know. That's what you're going to be watching, as opposed to watching the latest, you know, Marvel TV show. How on earth do you juggle your life? I mean, you're a successful fund manager uh, during the day, and you've got a young child, and you've got like four streaming services. I mean, I mean, what, what, what do you do? Do, 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 do you ever sleep? 
No, no, I, I, this thing, I, I don't know when last I put on Disney, but I have it for the kid. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Netflix, my wife uses it mostly. Um, you know, because Amazon, like, they have a couple of interesting shows like The Boys and, you know, Invincible, which if you haven't watched yet, are amazing. Okay. Uh, Amazon has a couple of amazing shows on them. Uh, Crunchyroll, you know, some anime stuff. Uh, but usually it's YouTube. I don't even have DSTV as well, quite frankly. I, I, I have everything. Um, yeah. And um, yeah. but I hardly ever watch anything else besides YouTube. I wonder about DSTV now because it, is it is it not keeping up? Is that why the share price is down at ninety four rand a share, uh, which is roughly where it is at the moment? Is it not keeping up? I always thought that its its expansion into Africa is why Canal Plus went into it, and that was what I was talking about earlier on. I don't know how many percent they've got uh, these days, but is are they going for the African market? And DSTV in South Africa will not become obsolete, but won't become as important as the streaming services that you just mentioned? Uh, I'm not even sure. I, I, I don't think they will be as important. And also, I mean, if, if you look at it, I mean, it's not even a fair competition. Forget about YouTube and its, and its gigantic advantage. Amazon doesn't even care if you basically watch the shows. They, they have the shows as an add-on to Prime. And they make, I think, a couple thousand dollars extra for everybody that has Prime, you know, uh, versus the normal person because people will they have Prime. Uh, automatically just basically, you know, buy from Amazon because it's free delivery, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and Disney is able to milk IP for decades. You know, Netflix has a hit show. I mean, when last did anyone talk to you about Tiger King? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's an old one from three, four years ago. Well, as Disney is making money of characters created 60, 70, 80, 90 years ago. I, I, I read somewhere that Pooh, you know, the, uh, it's called uh, Winnie the Pooh? Yes. Uh, made them like eight. Eighty billion dollars over a twenty-year period. Eighty billion dollars. You know what I mean? That—that is—that is huge amounts of money. And this is from because and they don't just make it from the from the the advertising. Sorry, from the uh, content. They make it from the merchandising and from the theme parks and from all the associated thing around it. I mean, think of it. If Netflix and Disney have the same property, Disney will make ten times as much money because they'll be selling lunch boxes and theme parks and you know things. And they'll be selling it for decades after Netflix, you know, hype cycle around for instance, Stranger Things or you know, Tiger King has gone away. You know what I mean? And uh, there's still kids out there. My daughter loves uh, I told her Moana. I don't know when Moana came out, many years before she was born. But she loves Moana, and then she gets Moana like T-shirts and stuff like that there. <laughs> and Disney makes money off it all the time. You go back and you see what income stream is uh, Netflix going to get off Stranger Things. I don't think it's going to be that great. I don't know. I never watched it. I don't like the science fiction fantasy stuff. My life is enough of a fantasy without watching that sort of <laughs> thing. Anyway, let's have a look at the, the, the markets now. Very interesting. We mentioned at the beginning uh, that the Rand has been on a charge uh, recently, which is quite right too. It was way oversold. It's currently, uh, dollar rand is currently 1886, which is 1.2% fall for the US dollar. British pound against the rand is 2365, which is a half a percent fall for the pound. And the euro has fallen by two thirds of a percent against the rand at 2032. Euro dollar, yeah, it's quite good. The, the euro is up around about 0.6% against the dollar. So the dollar under pressure, 107.75, that exchange rate. Uh, gold price on the back of that is $25 an ounce better at 19.68. And the platinum price uh, going the other way, down $10 to 10.18. And palladium also going down $23 an ounce to 13.75. Now the oil price interest 
interests me strangely um, after the latest OPEC plus um, very disjointed uh, announcement from a few days ago. $76.52 now uh, for Brent crude oil down 0.6%. And West Texas crude is a percent weaker at $71.80. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, What else have we got here? Natural gas prices down 1%. Coal prices down 2.4%. Steel up 1.8%. Iron ore hovering around $109 uh, per tonne. Okay, the South African 10-year bond yield, obviously with a stronger rand doing better, 10.83%, and that's a 10 basis point fall for the yield there. The US 10-year yield is 3.74%, which is down around about 5 basis points. S&P 500, it's had a pretty good time recently. It was hovering around 4,300 plus yesterday. Uh, Today it's um, 42.87, which is a 0.3% gain. Bitcoin after Coinbase and uh, Binance, whatever it's called, uh, stabilizing 26,665 up 0.8%. And what else have we got? No, that's, a, that's, that, that's about it. Uh, so markets in that Northern Hemisphere summer mode, I think, Viv. Yeah, also, but you also understand that like, uh, if you look at the, the S&P 500 and stuff, you think, okay, this market's coming up and so on. 90 plus percent of the movement comes from the AI stocks or the AI-linked kind of stocks. You're talking about the NVIDIAs, Microsoft, uh, Googles, you know, Facebooks, those guys here. 90 plus percent of that improvement is coming from that. You you are seeing a, a, a look, for instance, like a, a share like Palantir, you know, Palantir, Peter Thiel's share. Yes. Uh, the, the one that they write. Take a guess, uh, one month. Uh, uh, share price movement one month on Palantir. I, I can't even begin to imagine. You tell me, please. Ninety-eight percent. That's ridiculous. Ninety-eight percent in one month. Okay. Uh, you look at Nvidia uh, as well because what's happening right now? There's a bit of a mania around AI, and you look at Nvidia basically also over a month thirty-one percent, thirty-two percent up basically uh, year to date up one hundred and sixty-seven percent. Year to date. And, and it's people like you, Viv, that are perpetuating this legend about the fact that AI is the future. And that's why it's up 167%. You're the, you're the culprit here. Yeah, but look, I, I have been buying. I'm not going to admit that. I think I have been buying. And, uh, and very happily so. But... Look, I mean, it's it, quite frankly, the AI stuff is is, is moving these markets in, in incredible ways. So you can't really compare, like, what's the S&P levels that you saw before to to now and thinking, oh, we, we're back at this level. Because the majority of stocks are not doing this stuff. Uh, the majority of stocks are not, uh, uh, you know, translating to these kind of profits. It's mostly, like I said, 10 stocks or so uh, in, in the, the AI kind of space that's, that's doing this. Uh, in South Africa, of course, we don't have that, that AI linkage. Uh, we have the China leakage and we have, you know, some of the SA Inc. leakages. Uh, those are not, of course, as, as well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, you, you have to take into account that the kind of market that the Americans are dealing with and what's happening in that market has very little real fundamental leakage with what's happening in South Africa at the moment. I mean, nothing in South Africa deals with AI, quite frankly, besides maybe Taspers. There's a few bits of good news today. You're talking about load shedding only uh, only at night time uh, when it's uh, l- less intrusive, as I said. But you've also got South African manufacturing output up 3.4% year on year in the month of April. South African current account deficit narrows in, in the first quarter. So suddenly, lots of good news. And I'm seeing bargain hunting. I mean, let's have a look at the, the, the top five stocks on the JSE today on my screen. And I'll look at four of them, actually. Uh, pick and pay up 5.1%. 
horribly beaten up stock uh, historically, uh, but doing well today. And it was yesterday as well. Resilient up 3.2%. Woolies up 2.7%, another retailer. And another retailer that has been out of favour recently, Spa, up 2.6%. There's bargain hunting, Viv. Are you hunting bargains in South Africa? Um Look, at the moment, yes, there are probably things that are cheap in South Africa, but the opportunity is is greater elsewhere, quite frankly. Like I mentioned to the AI stocks, you know, if you, if you see what, the, what my AI portfolio has done the last basically three months or so, it's 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 said. Uh, of course, maybe this is all a bubble, but, but, the, but the money flow in there. At least you might find a recovery for a thing like a spa or an MTN et cetera, coming through, but you, you are going to be seeing the kind of returns you are seeing from from a, a thing like tech at the moment. Uh, and, and that's what I'm, 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 I'm kind of like focusing on. Uh, I do think that South Africa may be cheap. I think, you know, it always goes in these cycles. We always go crazy when it goes to 19. Or like, look at look at the run. There's, it, there's always these periods where they go crazily out there. Mm. And then suddenly like a few years later, it's, it's dramatically stronger, you know what I mean? Uh, but I think the trend is in one direction, which is towards weakness. I think the overall, uh, you know, and I would say the great fortunes, the biggest money, uh, you know, uh, from investing has always been made from new technology, not from hunting for, you know, value and bargains. It's from getting to the, you know, the next Microsoft or Apple or, you know, Ford or, you know, to uh, Standard Oil or something like that there. Uh, and I think that's, probably longer term going to be the thing to look about. You don't want to be buying something that's, oh, it's 23% undervalued, but, you, but you're just looking at something that's going to be, oh, this is going to be 200, 300 times more expensive, you know, a decade or two. Okay, good point. Uh, downside to down the JC, Alphamin down 7.1%. MC Group, we mentioned that, down 5% on the close. Carew down nearly 5%. Hammerson down 44 DRD Gold down 4 and a third percent. What are you looking at at the moment, uh, Aviv? I've just been speaking to um, David Shapiro and uh, John Bickard, both of whom are in New York at the moment, and they had very opposing views uh, when it comes to South African uh, stocks, uh, stocks like Nedbank, for example, which John Bickard gave a great example about, and uh, David Shapiro, who sticks with Microsoft, which has outperformed Nedbank uh, by 700% over the last five years or, or, or so. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very interesting. I, I, I'm not going to ask you which camp you you fall into, but um, is there anything you're looking at at the moment in South Africa, or are you just saying no? There are better opportunities elsewhere, which you alluded to earlier. I think better opportunities elsewhere. I, I think we are like I mean, yes, you are going to find opportunities. I mean, if you look back, you know, several years ago, there was like Cape Town property or something. But at the same time, they taken the money from Cape Town property and bought some, you know, Google or some Microsoft back in the day. Uh, you would have done much much better. Uh, and I think that's the thing here. What they had to notice today was all the gold stocks were basically down. Yeah. Uh, we're talking uh, gold fields, Anglo Gold, uh, DRD Gold, you mentioned them, uh, all down. The gold price is a bit uh, interesting at the moment. I think as some of the fear around inflation disappears, uh, you know, gold pr- the gold price is set to cover today, but it's still below $2,000 an ounce. Uh, and it wasn't there like a little while back. I mean, you saw it well above $2,000 an ounce a little while back. So, um, yeah, I, I think that some of that, that fear around inflation may be disappearing. Um, and also, I mean, I'm amazed. Like, you, you, this week we had another crazy thing happen in the Ukraine with that bomb, uh, so that the dam busting, uh, which is going to, I don't know, do whatever in the future. But the market kind of like just ignores these things out. If it's not new, if they kind of heard of the, that kind of news before, they don't really you know, take into account the escalating, you know, the slow boil that's happening in that uh, particular conflict. Do you have any closing indices for us uh, from the JSC Securities Exchange, Viv? 
Okay, uh, no problem. Uh, give me a second here. No yeah, the overall market mm -hmm. was slightly lower. Uh, give me a second to the exact numbers right now. Uh, it was down about a third of percent. We saw the resource sector being hurt quite badly, down 1.6 percent, of course, with the currency the way it is. And of course, the inverse of the refinancials, which is up 1.2 percent. Uh, you know, uh, financials do benefit when we have a uncertainty. And industrials were down about a third of a percent. Uh, we mentioned the uh, rod. Uh, basically sitting at about 1887. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I, I do think that uh, there's a bit more confidence coming to South Africa right now this week than it was last week. Very I good. think end of last week, we were very nervous, but I thought it could be better. Okay, well, let's hope it continues. So for how long it continues, I don't know, but let's take it while we can. Viv, thank you very much for your analysis, as always. Viv Governor is from Rand Swiss in Johannesburg. And that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.